Hey brand builders and aspiring brand builders, we have got a treat for you today on this week's episode of the Brand Builder Show. I'm joined by Andrew. Andrew is someone who has launched, built and sold an Amazon brand in the last couple of years. He built it and sold it for $500,000 and he talks all about the details of that in today's episode and how he has taken that experience to then roll it into launching a bigger brand, got proof of concept understands that he now has the skill sets to be able to go on and do something much bigger we talk about what that is and how he's got there and his interesting journey in this episode today so i know you're going to love this episode it was recorded live inside of our fba freedom challenge where we invited a whole bunch of guests successful sellers etc to come in and share their wisdom to all of the 600 people that joined that challenge and so uh, i wanted to make sure that this got out to beyond that andrew has some great thoughts and i knew you would find it helpful on this podcast too. So check it out. And if you like it, then uh, let me know. All right, let's get into it. I'm here with Andrew. Andrew, great to have you with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about this interview. We were just kind of chatting then and I said I'd kind of seen you uh, through some other content and kind of seen a bit of your story, but I don't know loads about it. So it's going to be uh, interesting for me. I, I went to start asking you some questions about, you know, your story and I thought, oh, that's my, um, the biggest thing I've got to learn as a, as a relatively new podcast host is stop asking all the good stuff before we hit record. So I try to <laughs> not ask too much and then... Uh, and then when you're uh, when when we're recording, we're asking all the juicy stuff. So um, so yeah, we're going to get into this. We're recording uh, this, so it's live inside the challenge. But um, you know, so if you guys are watching on and want to ask questions, please do put those in the comments, and we'll put some of those to Andrew. Um, we've got people from all over the world. So for some, it's the middle of the day, some it's the middle of the night. But hopefully, there's a bunch of you can come on live and um, just let us know any thoughts or questions you have, and we will put them to uh, to Andrew. But uh, yeah, without further ado, Andrew, take it away. Let, Let's, uh, let's hear a bit about you. Firstly, uh, give us a bit of background on, on who you are, where you're from, where you're living, all that kind of good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Andrei Sadlak. I'm uh, originally from Ukraine, but I live in Vancouver, Canada. I've uh, been traveling the world a little bit uh, while I was building the business, so I've been to a few places. Um, currently focused on building my new brand uh, because I sold one of my brands, like my first brand I sold in late 2020. Uh, building a new one. Uh, also, I have um, an e-com brand builder mastermind that I co-host. Uh, so that's like a community for advanced sellers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm also building a software. If you're watching the video, you see the name of it. It's Product Pinion, basically an insanely valuable serving tool, uh, something that helps Amazon sellers with converting on Amazon. Awesome, man. So good. So good. Um, I've actually been to Ukraine, actually. I've been to Kiev and uh, oh, nice. I actually enjoyed it. It was great. I went on one of those trains that uh, takes you across the country and takes about like 16 hours or something. It was a wild experience. Crazy. Yeah, I love those trains. You can go to sleep uh, and yeah. wake up in a new city, which is on the other side of the country. Yeah. <laughs> or, or wake up at some random station and there's a babushka trying to sell you stuff through the window. It's, uh, <laughs> it's absolutely wild. It's good, man. Uh, how did, what sort of took you to Canada from Ukraine? Uh, following my dreams. I always wanted to be in a business-friendly environment. Uh, well, it's business-friendly in Ukraine too nowadays. But back in the day, I felt like America is the way to go. Then I figured out Canada is easier to emigrate. Mm-hmm. People seem to be nice and friendly. I like the, the nature and I love outdoorsy stuff. So I was like, yeah, let's give it a try. Worst case scenario, five years later, I'll have that citizenship and I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I hear so much good stuff about Canada. I was saying before, it's somewhere that I really want to visit. So, um, yeah, no, it's good, man. It's really good. Beautiful country. 
yeah no that's all i ever hear you know i would only ever hear about how beautiful it is so no it's good it's good um so give us a bit of backstory then about selling on amazon how did you come to find out about selling on amazon when did you start what what was that period of your life like um that time I was working my corporate job as real estate development okay. regular nine to five job uh, a lot of work i quickly figured out i'm not going to be a partner in any capacity i'm not going to impact my income in any capacity so i started looking for alternative ways to build that freedom lifestyle that i wanted um, and the most obvious thing that comes to mind is you have to have an online business so i started talking to people i knew who were somehow in the online business space and uh, they recommended me to talk to someone who was already selling on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So I jumped on that Zoom call just like we have right now and I asked him a few questions. Uh, His name is Leo. Leo was like, yeah, I've been selling for the last seven, eight months or so. Um, I crossed 10K a month in sales. It's all real. This is what I sell. This is how how I do it. This is how I research. And I was like, finally, someone that I see actually doing this uh, told me that it's possible. So at that point, I had a little bit of switch in my mind that made me believe that I can do that too. Yeah. Uh, so I started researching, asking him questions. Uh, I would have like once a week, once every couple of weeks, I have a call with a list of questions to him. Uh, in the meantime, I'd research everything to Facebook groups and YouTube. Uh, and uh, long story short, from 2016-ish, end of 2016 to end of 2017, that that's how long it took me to research, find suppliers, pick one uh, and send products to, to be in stock. So I launched in December, 2017. Nice. And um, yeah, for us history. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. And how did that first product launch go? It went okay, because it was a giftable product, uh, scratch off maps, if you know what it is. If you're watching the video, you see one of them in the background. Um, so scratch off maps have been, yeah, that's one of mine. Nice, nice. Um, not the best seller, but I kind of liked it. <laughs> They, they were good for Christmas time, right? So mm-hmm. Q4 was big. And I happened to launch in December, early December. So there was a lot of organic traffic, people looking for a good product. And uh, my, I don't know if it's a problem. Sometimes it is a problem that uh, when I launch something, it's the best. Like I made sure it's it's really nice. Mm-hmm. And compared to all the Chinese competition I had, it was standing out big time. So it went okay. And it was, it was somehow surreal. Like I remember seeing... Um, I think it was December, like 20th or something. I was sitting in the boardroom, still working in the office and having some kind of meeting. Uh, and I checked my app quickly and I was like, oh, that's crazy. 10 a.m. Pacific. And I already crossed $1,000 in sales. And it's been like maybe two, three weeks of selling. And I have wow. no idea what's going on. Yeah. At that point, I was like, there's something I need to do to imp- like to scale this. Like yeah. It's working. Yeah. Even though I don't know much, it's working. So I need to learn more, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow. And I was going to ask you about that because it's, uh, you know, I remember doing, you know, because I started selling on Amazon in 2017 as well. And I remember doing product research and it was one of the, you know, products that would come up all the time. And so you would have had a boatload of competition. Like, how did you, how did you deal with that? Because it was the uh, the main product. Was it the only product line that you did? It was very focused on those products. Well, eventually when I sold the business, I had two product lines, uh, but I started with scratch off maps, yeah. but I did add poster hanger frames later on. Okay. So wood sticks that would hold the poster. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was the main product for a while. First year, year and a half, year and a half, probably even close to two years. It was the main, like the best selling product for me. It was one single scratch off map of the world. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And um, how did you sort of deal with the, the quick growth? Did it, 
did you stock out? Did you have to kind of get some financing on board? What What was that kind of period like? Oh yeah, I had it all. Like I had, yeah, I've been out of stock. I had first half of the year actually was quite a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, I think it was May or so, maybe June of 2018 now. Um, I started seeing one, two star reviews coming in. People oh, saying that they can scratch off my scratch off map. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and a lot of emails saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, There's, that's weird. Like this manufacturer was amazing. I, I actually made it in Ukraine because oh. I wasn't happy with the quality in China. Yeah. Um, also, the other reason was I could design it compliant with the United Nations map regulations while Chinese make you uh, design it in a way China sees the world. Uh, so there was a little bit of political thing too. So I did make it in Ukraine. I was super happy with the quality. And then this comes in um, and I started looking into it. I ordered a few to a friend in the US because I live in Canada. It takes forever to get a product so they could test. They kind of confirmed to me that there's an issue. It's not as easy to scratch anymore. Um, and at some point I was receiving a lot, a lot of emails, a lot of one to star reviews, which was like, downhill journey and i quickly stopped listings i recalled all the inventory i had wow. still in amazon warehouses sent it all to uh, a warehouse in new york uh, for my freight forwarder to test everything it was about five thousand units in total so that whole order was five thousand units and it was everything it was only one product i was selling so it was a lot of stress at the same time my employer tells me that they need to restructure the company they don't need me anymore wow and I was like, okay, that's interesting. Now let's see yeah, what's going to yeah. happen. <laughs> so in total, Amazon-wise, like that business, uh, I was looking at about $35,000 US in losses, not counting lost opportunity of being out of stock, not selling at all. And I was like, okay, I need to do something. I don't want to go back to work. I could probably find another similar job, but I, the whole goal of this business was to get that freedom, right? And two weeks vacation, which is common in... Canada was not yeah, acceptable crazy. for me being from Europe. I was it's, like, oh, no, it's crazy. Not. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, was like not okay for me. Right. So I was like, okay, let, let's, let's see what else I can do. What I have. And I quickly realized that the only thing left was my town home. So I used to have uh, like the place I lived town home in Kelowna, BC, but very small place, but the, the market was already growing fairly fast. So I really appreciate it. I'm like, okay, if I sell it now, I'll probably be able to recover the business. And that's uh, what I chose to do. So I sold it without realtors, just basically sold it on Facebook. Um, and most of it went into the business gradually. So first I repaid my loans that I had uh, for the business Then I started paying for new inventory and, like long story short, I improved my quality inspection process, which is a big lesson and big improvement to the business. Uh, and in December, I was back in stock. Uh, in December, I already crossed 50K in sales in a month. And I was no more in Canada. I, I left because it's expensive to live there, especially if you're uh, jobless and, and mm. homeless, right? <laughs> so I was like, why would I rent something and commit to a year if... I can live for less in, yep. like in, in Bali, for example. Yep. So I went to Bali. We traveled to a few countries in Southeast Asia, then later Mexico, United States. So lived that digital nomad lifestyle for a while while I was recovering the business. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a fun time. <laughs> the um, the five thousand units. What did you end up doing with them? We sent it to garbage. Oh, 
serious wow yeah. i thought maybe like you might have sold it on ebay or something but wow yeah i tried that for a little bit uh but didn't feel right like, yeah yeah even even though i was selling it for like 10 bucks on ebay and it was 30 bucks on amazon mm. the chance that someone would get one of the maps that they couldn't scratch didn't feel right because there's still my brand on it mm. and i took pride in designing the best possible scratch of map in the world yeah wow wow that's crazy man it's uh you know it's not uncommon you, you know you hear people's stories of success and you hear uh, everyone else will see oh you sold your business that's so exciting and amazing but then there's all of these challenges that you face along the way and that would have been pretty significant right and you and the levels of commitment to sell your property uh to go into you know put it into the business and keep it going that's that's entrepreneurship that's the you know uh your commitment and i love that and so well done for doing that but there must have been points where you felt like giving up surely for a little bit um like for me, maybe I think differently because I'm an immigrant. Mm. If I lose everything, I'm where I started, right? Yeah. So there's no, there's probably less fear of losing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, my desire to be free from having a boss and um, being limited to one location, showing yeah. up in an office or something like that was so big that I was like, okay, I'll figure this out no matter what what it takes i'll do this somehow and i would talk to a lot of people share my story ask for advice and that's what entrepreneurship also teaches you being humble and accepting uh lessons that come your way not only from teachers mentors but also from the situations you get yourself into <laughs> yeah for sure for sure do you uh, do you think it's like an eastern european trait as well that kind of that grit and determination possibly um yeah maybe Hard to say because I think you know, I'm, I'm from the UK and I think there's so many people in the UK that just take every opportunity to be negative and, you know, see the worst in every circumstance. And so I just, yeah, it's interesting to see if it's, you know. Um, I think it's more of a choice. I, I wouldn't contribute it to one nation or part of the world. It's more of a mindset thing. And that's something that I've been working on a lot. And that's probably the only thing I focus on every day that that's consistent, yeah. making sure that I see positives, making sure that uh, I understand my path, my goals, I have clarity around what I need to do every day. Right. So that mindset is the thing that makes all the difference. And yeah. it's common for entrepreneurs. Well, entrepreneurs usually have a very positive outlook on the future. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Like I'm, sometimes I call myself like an eternal optimist, but I think that is the, the nature of an entrepreneur. You know, you believe the best and you, you look for the best in every situation. Exactly. So yeah, I, I agree, man. What, what are you doing to work on your mindset? What sort of kind of things are you, are you reading or what, what's the, what's the strategy? Yeah. Reading for sure. Um, not really a big reader. So I, I usually listen to audiobooks more. Uh, sometimes I would read and listen at the same time just to absorb it better, but it's, um, it's not as consistent as I, think it should be but uh i listen to a lot of uh people that inspire me to do big stuff and uh, i would learn that way like podcasts youtube videos um like i start my day when i don't screw up and i don't wake up too late i start my day with meditating which calls my mind uh, i review my goals i do some journaling uh all of that like even like in front of me there's a whiteboard where i have my goals and what i'm working on some random notes all of these clues and reminders um and when i feel down uh, i also have this recording on my iphone uh, with me speaking out loud what i'm about what i'm like 
what my mission in life and stuff like that. Yeah. And usually that inspires me. It gets me back on the rails to work yeah, on nice. my goals. Yeah, nice. That's so good, man. So good. And so let's uh, keep talking about this this brand then. Like, obviously, you hit the 50K sales. What was that, December 2018 or 2019? Uh, yeah, that was December 2018. I'm in Bali, 50K in sales. Nice. nice. Yeah, good place to do it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. For sure. <laughs> and, uh, so then 2019, what was the, the journey through that year? Um, after I've spent those eight or nine months of traveling, I realized they're not very productive, but I have to relocate all the time. Uh, so that's around the time I started 2019 is when I started my little mastermind group. So I had a few friends who I knew they were selling Amazon too, that similar values. I like them. So I offered them to jump on weekly calls and keep each other accountable with, with, with each other's goals. Um, so that's how it all started. And from then, basically in 2019, I still had two SKUs. Um, but in 2020, when I sold the business, it was 15 SKUs. Oh, no. So that accountability worked like magic. Uh, I could see other people crushing it. And I was like, okay, I can do this too. So I focused on scaling. I minimized my life expenses. Uh, we were having a roommate, basically living on uh, about a thousand bucks a month, uh, Canadian. Um, but everything I had went into the business. And that's why it scaled so fast. Um, so in 2020, when I was selling, I listed the business plus 12 SKUs, two product lines, lots of variations, different sizes, colors and stuff. Cause that, that was the low hanging fruit. Mm. Um, and by, by the time we closed three more came in stock. So technically 15 SKUs. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So um, at what point did you start to think like, this is something I want to sell and that becomes part of your strategy? That was probably around the time I came back from traveling. I was like, traveling is nice because uh, I can live cost-effectively and have some memorable experiences, meet amazing people. Uh, but I felt like I could do more uh, and I had potential to build something bigger and more impactful. Mm -hmm. um, I, I started losing a little bit of uh, motivation too, um, like in terms of being committed to the space, right? I was like, okay, this is fun, but it's been what, like almost two years of me mm -hmm. playing in this. Then I started getting bored, you know? Um, and I wrote down in my notepad that I'm going to sell my brand travelization for 500,000. At that point, that felt surreal for me as an immigrant for yeah, yeah. like 50K, I can buy a decent condo in the capital of Ukraine, which is the biggest city. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if I sell it for 500,000, then I'm going to be rich, you know? <laughs> doesn't feel that way in Vancouver, one of the least affordable places on planet Earth. You can't even buy a condo for that much. But uh, I was like, yeah, I, if I sell it for that much, it's going to mean something. It's going to mean that I can build a business, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. So my head was shaking. I wrote it down. And then I forgot about it. I kept working on the business, following my goals. And then I started seeing my friends listing their businesses for sale and selling them. I was like, okay, now it's possible for my friends. Maybe I should talk to brokers. Yep. which I did, that felt even more real. Um, I talked to a few people who sold as well. They gave me some good advice on how to prepare for the exit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it kind of happened naturally. The, the, the interesting thing is when I sold it, I was like, nice. I see the cash in my account. Now what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's what everyone says, you know, that they sell it's, uh you know, it gets to that point where you're like, okay, yeah, that's that's cool for a few minutes, and then it's okay. What's the next thing? 
Yeah, because it kind of became my identity throughout the business. And I'm, I was always open about it too. So it's not like most Amazon stars, they would never tell you what they sell. I would like, buy my scratch off map is the best in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so everybody knew me as the maps guy at that time, you know, and I was like, yeah. now, now what's going to be my identity? Yeah, so yeah. it took, took me some time to rest, relax, refresh my mind and mm-hmm. realize what I want to do next. Yeah. Um, but realistically, money-wise, 80% of what you make from the, from the Amazon big business is uh, in the sale, in the exit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, how did you sell it? Did you go through a broker or uh, privately? How did you do that? Yeah, it was a little bit of a journey to you. I went with one broker, wasn't happy at all. Um, like the, the offers were low-balling. The, the system they built was in my, in my opinion, it was built for the buyer more so than for the seller. And then I went with another broker, which I'm happy with. Their system is perfect, super fair. And uh, not only I was getting more and better offers, but it was a super fast process. So if anyone's thinking of selling, I'm happy to share my experience and mm-hmm. give you some hints of advice. And yeah, maybe it's the way to go for you too. Yeah, for sure. You said it was uh, nice and smooth. Do you remember like timelines in terms of from when you had the offer to when the money was in your bank? Yeah, it was uh, when I listed the business, um, I think it was like Monday. I already had like six or seven interviews booked in that day uh, (laughs) for the next few days. And within a week, I had at least 10 interviews. And you also get notifications when people look at your package. Uh, so they study your numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was at least 100 people. So at that time was, the market was hot, but it's probably as hot right now. The multiple yeah, spend yeah. up since then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If nothing else changed in my business and I listed it for sale now, I'd get at least twice as much. Yeah, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Are you able to share like, or, or you don't have to if you don't want to, but like multiples and how that works and all that kind of stuff? Oh, for sure. Uh, in my case, if you look at the like last 12 months profits, um, my multiple was about 3.35x, okay. yeah. which is low in today's numbers. Today yeah, would be at least good four back. and a half, five. Yeah. yeah it was, good back then though, for sure. Yeah. Wasn't bad. Yeah. Do, do you regret selling it? No. No, I don't regret. I regret not having a clear plan what's going to happen next. Mm. Like, still didn't believe that it's going to happen until I saw the money, basically. <laughs> um, I don't regret selling it because it kind of freed my mind for new projects, for new opportunities. And I was able to reassess my life without being in a rush uh, because I had that buffer, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think, it, you know, and not to speak for your decision-making or your lifestyle, but it's the kind of money that's enough to, like you say, give you a buffer. It's a nice experience, but it's not going to, you know drastically change your life and mean you never have to do anything again it's like it's maybe a good first business sale right because it's yeah a good chunk of money shows you that you can do it and uh, you know there's proof of concept and gives you some capital but then it gives you the drive to go on and do something else 100 percent. for me it was exactly that the proof of concept yeah at that point i believe that i can do something similar on a bigger scale right i just didn't know what yet but now i think i do <laughs> yeah 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 so, you're, you're um, gonna do that right that's that's part of your plan is to is to do something absolutely mm. yeah and again if even if this new business doesn't work out uh what's what, what's fun to realize is now that i have that exit behind me mm. i have more confidence that one of my projects eventually will work out you know yeah, yeah. and that's probably going to hit home big 
yeah definitely yeah and so what one of the things as well is it is this software product opinion um talk to us a bit about that when when did that start absolutely like product opinion is my passion project right now and i have very high hopes for it mm-hmm. the software is um what i call it properly it's like an insanely powerful tool for increasing your conversion if you use it right because it's all based on amazon customer feedback and uh just to explain why i like how i got into it the, i believe the success of the brand i had the brand that i sold uh was in me building and a community of amazon i had a facebook group i had an email list that i was always growing um and these people were my lifeblood of the business i would ask them everything i need to know uh, to make any marketing decision or to design a product i would ask what they prefer a or b they would vote they would help me make all of those decisions and surprise surprise when you do what they ask they're happy they buy it you make money yeah, right yeah. Uh, same thing here with product opinion i found myself in a position with a new brand that i'm building uh, of not having that community not being able to ask anyone who actually cares i could ask my relatives and friends but it's not useful really and they also love you too much to be honest um so with pro opinion you can go to this random audience you can select your specific demographic too that we're trying to serve and ask them hey if you were searching for this and this what would you buy for example right that's one of our standard campaigns and um, the the nice feature we have is people would screen record their screen and speak out loud what they think mm-hmm. and answer questions and after a few of those videos start seeing commonalities and those commonalities can lead into you uh, doing the second thing that we have the ab testing so you would have that idea that they voiced split test it and see which version of it people prefer yeah. obviously if you do that well enough systemically enough um you'll first of all minimize guesswork you're not going to change something in the amazon listing and then have drop in sales and drop in ranking mm-hmm. most likely like it's humans looking into listing on amazon too the exact same amazon customers right most likely they'll just buy it more often and if you improve it all the time trust me no none of the competition will be doing that like if you only make i did, did this math if you only make 1.4 improvement in one metric sorry 1.4% improvement in one metric let's say it's main image and you try to improve conversion let's say it's 1.4% improvement every week you do something to improve it whether it's title whether it's coupons price something in the reviews whatever people see before they click right yeah 1.4% improvement a week doubles your metric in a year Wow. So if your conversion is 15% right now, you can easily double it in a year as long as you stay committed to that constant process of improving yeah. uh, that metric. Yeah, wow. So that's what the tool is for. Very good, very good. And uh, use case for a new seller that's maybe researching a product, are there things you can do there in terms of how you can differentiate and things like that? Absolutely. This, I'm a new seller now, right? I'm mm-hmm. launching a new product. And that's what I've been doing. Like mm-hmm. first thing I did was um, ask uh, Amazon customers, which product in my category they would buy. So I gave them a link to search results. Uh, they click on it and then they think out loud. They tell me, okay, this one looks interesting. This design is weird. I would, would never click on this. Okay, this is probably the best deal we see based on the reviews and price. And the image is very appealing. Let me click on it. They click on it. Oh, I like this. I don't know, eco-friendly. I like that uh, they talk about this and that. And oh, this is important for me. This is my top priority right now. And they look at a few and I start realizing that watching these videos of people from the outside telling me what matters to them gave me a very clear idea of 
what I need to do so that people buy mine versus the existing competition. So that's the first step I've done. Then second was uh, I send them to the best-selling competitors and ask them what would they need to know to recommend this to your friend, again, to clarify what matters to them, right? Okay. Uh, so that gave me good ideas too. Um, and that led me to creating different packaging, uh, different messaging, uh, different ingredients, because uh, it's a food product. Uh, so basically making sure the problems they have in mind um, for this product being a solution are solved better. Yeah. And then once I have the listing, I'll be continuing doing that because I want to always be on top of things because yeah, yeah. my competition will never be that consistent, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Did you, uh, you say this new product that you're looking at is a, is a food product? It is, yeah. That's quite, food quite, slash quite supplement. It's kind of good for your health. Yeah. It is very different. Way more expensive to launch. Way more <laughs> risky in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I believe in the space so much that I'm willing to give it a try. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, so you're going to sort of like source locally and all that kind of... Uh... Yeah, I'm actually flying to New York to meet the manufacturer for the first time awesome. next week. Hopefully yeah. it goes well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, how are you? Um, are you nervous about the compliance aspects and that kind of thing? Yeah, most of it is taken care of by the manufacturer, uh, but there's still tricky things that you need to take care of. Um, it's, yeah, it's not as straightforward as sourcing a home decor item from China. Yeah. And you're going to be selling it on Amazon. Yeah. I want to start with Amazon, but long-term goal is to own my own audience again. Uh, I love being able to talk to my customers and Amazon doesn't really allow you to do that. That's why I love product opinion. And that's why I want to build my own email list and have my Shopify store still new space for me but my wife works in that space she's doing e-commerce email marketing for quite a few years now so she should be able to help me with that yeah yeah i'll bet yeah so that's a great uh, great partnership yeah fingers crossed <laughs> that's, good. that's good so um in terms of you know you are now again as you said a, a new seller again and you're kind of diving into this whole opportunity uh you know going through it once and coming out the other side uh, hasn't put you off right you're going back into it and so for yeah. new sellers that are coming into this, what would you say to them is the big opportunity? How are you viewing this new project, this next three, five, 10 years? What is the big opportunity for you and for other new sellers right now? Some people say it's NFTs. <laughs> but I don't know much about that space, so I can't comment. I try to learn, but it's uh, still uh, something new for me. Yeah, but I, overall, I think the, the the mindset of how you treat your brand uh, is going to determine your success. Yeah. So if you always focus on your customer and you find ways to do it better than the solutions out there that they already have access to, if you solve their problems better and you communicate it better mm -hmm. and you take better care of them, you provide really good customer journey, which starts when they buy the product, doesn't end there. If you think of it that way, if you think of it as a real brand, not just jumping on Amazon's bandwagon, um, it, it, it'll go well. And ideally you wanna care about what you sell, you want to understand your customers, maybe you're the, the ideal customer of your brand too, that makes it easier, but it's not necessary, it's that care. If you can out care your competition, you'll do well. Yeah, nice, yeah. And do you think, um, you know, the, the exit side of it is still a big thing in your mind? Are you thinking with this new brand, I'm going to sell it in X amount of years for X amount of money? Or are you not thinking that specifically? With this new one, I'm not thinking that way because the, the goal I had when I sold it was to start something that's going to be huge. It's going to be like my legacy, something I 
change the world with, right? Yeah. So I don't have any timelines there. I probably will sell it at some point um, to retire. Or I don't know at, at what point it's going to happen, but it's <laughs> oh, not going to be anytime soon, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, especially because I, I think I go into a very competitive space, which means it's not going to be profitable very soon. Um, and I'm okay with that. I want to, like anything big requires a lot of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen in the next two, three years, but yeah. eventually. Are you do, if you're going into something like that, that's big, it's got to be a risk. Are you doing anything to um, protect yourself? Like in terms of your, you know, when you sold that brand, have you kind of like just put a bunch of that away or are you just literally going, YOLOing it all into this, just going hard at this new brand? No, I don't go all in. Maybe because I'm 31 now and I start thinking about family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do have other investments. I invest a little bit in stocks, in crypto. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought the house I live in with two rental suites that should work as a business. So I do try to diversify a little bit, yeah, but yeah. attention wise, it all goes to pro opinion, the new brand, and my mastermind. Yeah. And it's good that it's all connected. Otherwise, it would be I would go crazy. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't recommend anyone to do any more than one thing at a time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, that's really good, really insightful. And I love that the fact that you've been on this journey and then are going to start this journey again. I think that's really, you know, a confidence uh, giver for everyone that's listening that maybe hasn't started yet is wondering how they can get started to hear that you are, you know, you've, you've done it once and now you're thinking, right, it was good last time, so I'm going to do it again. Uh, I think that is really, really good. Um, we have got... Um, you know, people watching the saying, this is like really helpful stuff. Um, Paul's asking a question. Did you start your community before your initial product launch? Yes, I did. It was kind of unique because uh, I always love traveling. Mm-hmm. I consider myself a global citizen. So I started just for fun, basically. Um, by the time I had the product ready and in stock, I had a little less than a thousand people in that Facebook group. Wow. But most of them I knew. And obviously none of them were my customers yet, Mm -hmm. but it was still a good place to share my journey with, right? And uh, it did give me confidence because even the initial decision, the the map that I launched, the first one, I wasn't sure whether I should go with the white one or the black one. Uh, The the background should Mm -hmm. be white or black. Like the one you see behind me, if you're watching the video, is white. I liked it better. I almost launched the white one, but then I was like, I'm doing this for other people. It's not for me. Let me ask them. So I asked that group and, they voted and most of them probably like so close to 70% said, oh no, the black background one looks so much better. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, I'll trust your opinion there and uh, I'll launch it. I'll launch the black one. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> such a um, such a hack for like getting real good feedback. Like we have a toy brand and I've been saying to my business partner for a while, we need to start a Facebook group, uh, you know, designs to like aimed at mums because 70% of our customers are, are, are female, you know, mostly mums. And, uh, you know, we need to create a Facebook group and f- just attract as many of those as possible. And, um, you know, thankfully, m- we've got kids. So my wife is involved in the business and my business partner's a mum. And so I'm just like, you guys yes. just create this community of mums and, and give us feedback on what kind of toys they want, what kind of develop, because it's you know such a great resource, right? Similar to obviously, you know, and, and that's where you're really honing in with that software now. So it's uh, such a massive, massive part of the process. It is. Yeah, you can't just come up with something. I don't believe in genius. I don't think someone can just uh, come up with something genius. You need to listen to your customer. Yeah. Um, if, like 
there's a term called social listening, right? And some people do it as a service. They would scan the whole internet, all the social medias to collect real feedback, right? You can do the same with, this, with the tool I built. You can do the same yourself. It's just longer and harder. And uh, just to be clear, I don't promote creating Facebook groups for everybody, like all the brands, and that's the way to go. It may be or may, may not be. It depends on the brand, on the space. And also Facebook seems to be changing their algorithms. I see less and less organic reach uh, that I post to groups. Mm. So maybe the way to go would be for some people in partnering with existing audiences. So partnering with someone who has big outreach or trying different things and seeing what sticks. Maybe TikTok, maybe it's creating a Discord channel. Maybe it's something else. Like there's so many ways to build a community. I just think you should think of it if you think long-term. If you just want to find a product that sells and there's not enough competition, temporarily it's going to work out. But I believe only the true old school brand building and care for the customer will get you to very high highs and will let you sell that business for a lot. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's a lot of work on Facebook groups. So, you know, if you oh, yeah. ready, ready-made, yeah, even ready-made service like yours, you know, it's uh, it's going to save you a lot of time. Yeah, it's still a lot of work, even using like this service. Uh, there, you probably go to Fiverr and be like, "Hey, people, give me feedback," right? And they would, but it's just a lot more to manage that way, right? And uh, probably not even even as cost-effective. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, another question, what components besides the Facebook group were part of the community? Did you add anything else on that built the community around the product? No, uh, it was basically around the idea of uh, traveling being good for your personal growth and uh, the idea of global citizenship. So loving each other, no matter where, where we come from and being acceptable, uh, sorry, accepting and uh, people like that, I think. And I would share a lot of useful stuff that I find elsewhere with the community so if i find a good place to find deals on flight tickets i'd share it if i find good travel credit card i would share it if i i don't know find fascinating story about some unique place on this planet i would share it and people like that they were like oh these are like a channel of good news (laughs) yeah no that's good that's good Uh, another question when you became aware of the product quality issues how did the brand recover from the low star reviews yeah if you that's a good question actually if you got lots of one or two star reviews what did you do to mitigate that a couple of things. First, um, back in the day, and I don't think it's possible anymore. So that was 2018. So take it with a grain of salt. Back in the day, a friend of mine recommended me this black hat tactic of uh, finding emails of people who leave reviews. I don't think it's possible anymore. And I probably wouldn't even do that if it was because it's risky. So I tried that and probably half of the people responded. And probably one third of them agreed to get a free product when I was back in stock. And uh update the review i I never forced anyone but i was like would you mind editing it or something like that so that helped a little bit uh but again that's what i did just to for full transparency but it's not something i would recommend Mm. um and again i don't think it's possible anymore now what i what i focused on most of my attention is collecting more five-star reviews Mm -hmm. and the way i approached it was first of all the product was incredibly good again it's back to normal quality my quality inspection process was like three-step process, inspector visiting at different times, I custom built it just to minimize any risk of that happening in the future. So I knew for sure the quality was good. Um, it must and- have been hard, the inspection process, because theoretically to probably test it, they'd have to ruin the product, right? Scratch it off. Yes. 
Yeah, so a lot of in product. And that's part of the reason I was the most expensive in the space too, because it was the best quality and I could stand behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what I also did, I added an insert uh, at that point. Insert was, I think it was promised in a freebie and I didn't say what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, QR code, website, and people would use it to get into my um, many chat flow, like a messenger flow. Mm-hmm. And in that flow, first I would like send my picture, be like, hey, my name is Andre, I'm the founder, thank you for choosing travelization. Which product did you buy? They would both like click on the bottom which one they would buy, they, they bought. And based on that, the flow may change a little bit, but long story short, it was um, like a digital product of an ebook with 21 epic hikes in the United States. Because yeah. um, I knew my people like traveling, they probably like traveling in their home country too. Yeah. So I did create an insanely good quality product that way, and people were happy with it. And I was like, "Oh, second uh, freebie! I know we didn't expect it, but you can join this travel community for cost-effective traveling, travel advice, and uh, to be surrounded by like-minded individuals." Yeah. A lot of people joined as well. And then third thing, like probably a day later, was how's your experience with travelization so far? And I gave them options to vote in star ratings, basically. Mm-hmm. So everyone who clicked on five stars would get uh, like a message saying, this means the world to me. Would you please copy uh, or submit your response to uh, to Amazon? No links, nothing, just purely asking. Uh, so it, it worked fairly well. It was, in my opinion, very, very safe overall. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who voted less than four stars would uh, I would see that and I would respond and be like, can tell me more? What's wrong? What can I improve? Yeah. Uh, and I think even those conversations sometimes turned into five-star reviews uh, just because of the attention. People don't expect that level of attention and care from an Amazon brand, mm-hmm. uh, but I never treated it as an Amazon business. I always thought of it like a standalone brand that has a mission, that cares about the customer, wants to serve them. So I did my best to, uh, to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. No, that's really good. That led to five-star reviews. When when you have that issue, focus on getting more five-star reviews and it'll it'll combat the one, two-star reviews you had. Yeah. I always say say the same, you know, the amount of energy that you put into trying to stress about a one-star, you'd be better off trying to get away more five-stars. So. But yes, for sure. it's a really good tip for anybody listening. Um, you know, we recently changed. So we, on our insert, we did like a go to this page to get, uh, to enter a prize draw for 50 pound, $50, um, like a store credit type thing. It performed terribly. And so we changed it about six months ago uh, to the same thing as, as what you're saying. They're like a free gift uh, mini chat funnel. And our nice. like opt-in rates have gone through the roof in comparison. And it gives you so much more flexibility to then, like you said, follow up with you know other things, communities, social media, feedback. There's so much flexibility with it. And if you don't say what the free product is, you can test different free products. And you exactly. know, such, such a win, yeah. <laughs> Another advice on that, if you're thinking of improving your insert, what did make a big difference for me is stating at the bottom, valid only seven days after the purchase. There's no way I can check, right? Mm -hmm. But I think people generally believe something is printed black or white. Mm -hmm. So they jumped on it right away. As soon as they see it, oh, it's valid only seven days, let me try. Otherwise, they just put it aside. I'll, I'll look at it later and they never do. Yeah, no, that's good. It's good. Yeah, really insightful and helpful uh, today, Andrea. I know uh, it's we're recording on a Saturday, and it's your, you know, your weekend. So I don't want to take like loads of your time. But is there anything that maybe I haven't asked that you feel would be good to share with the audience, or any sort of final tips that you'd want to share with them? 
I think we covered a lot. Uh, the, yeah. the, the only thing I could add is if you see value in the software I co-created, product opinion, reach out to me. I'm happy to show you how to use it and uh, improve your conversion on Amazon. Um, anything else I can help you with, if you're thinking of selling your business, reach out as well. Happy to support other entrepreneurs. If you're at least 10K a month in sales, preferably more, and you're focused on scaling your brand and exiting the future, uh, reach out to me, ask about Mastermind. Uh, it's like a accountability group for weekly calls. Um, and uh, yeah, anything else I can help you with, I'm always for being in touch with other entrepreneurs because I do believe that the future that I see so bright is because we entrepreneurs change it. We, we change the world around us. Okay. So I want to provide the support as much as I can. Why? Because I get a lot of it as well. So yeah, for sure. Now that's awesome. I was going to say to you, you know, final question where, where can people find out more and stuff? What's, what's the best place, the best avenue for people to get in contact? Is there a website or anything like that? Yeah, there's, if you just type in andresadlak.com, A-N-D-R-I-S-A-D-L-A-K.com, mm-hmm. all the links are there and you can choose whatever uh, avenue you want to take to talk to me. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Well, we really appreciate your time and I know a bunch of people will be going and checking it out and just, uh, you know, really wish you the best with every, all of these projects, the new brand. Can't wait to see what that is. The, uh, the, the software, the mastermind all sounds like great stuff and you've dropped some, you know, incredible value to Today. So uh, yeah, we really, really appreciate you coming on. It's my pleasure, Ben. Thanks for having me. Hey, wasn't that an awesome story with Andrew? He is a another down-to-earth builder of brands and what he's done with Product Opinion, obviously, is more great stuff there. If you do want to connect with Andrew, make sure you do take him up on the offer. All the details for getting in touch with him are down in the link below, as well as a link to check out Product Opinion, his new tool that's going to help you to make decisions on your Amazon journey for uh, optimizing things for your customer experience really great tool really great idea and uh, and loved what he talked about in that episode what he's doing with that tool and excited to see where it goes if you like this episode please do hit that thumbs up button if you're watching on youtube or if you are listening on a podcast uh, when it's safe to do so you know pull over uh, on the highway and hit uh, hit subscribe on your audio podcast player and uh, do leave us a review if you do remember and have time to leave us a review uh, that would be greatly appreciated the more reviews we can get the better uh, it helps us to grow the podcast, get great guests on, and hopefully serve you on your brand building journey. We're on a mission to help you build a life-changing brand in three years or less. So let's get after it, and I'll see you in the next episode real soon.